Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Bears for breakfast. It's the 6th of October. A lovely Wednesday here in uh, Bears and Izzy Towers. Um, plenty going on as well. We look towards Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury this weekend. How cool to catch up with Taylor Barry. Izzy, who's, I reckon he's a bit of an Izzy Dag fan as well. You guys had a cool relationship. <laughs> yeah, I was lucky enough to spend a bit of time with Taylor, Kevin and Joe Parker. Um, got a good relationship with Joey. And um, yeah, so it was awesome to chat to Taylor Barry about Tyson Fury in this boxing match this Sunday against Deontay Wilder and take three. I think in the boxing world has been flipped on its head with Alexander Usic uh, winning that fight against Anthony Joshua. So looking forward to that on Sunday. We also had Max Goodman. Max Goodman talking all things boxing, which got the text machine rolling today. New York Yankees versus the Boston Red Sox plays soon, and that is an absolute rivalry if there's everyone. Maybe the best in the world. He reckons it is the greatest rivalry in sport. Anyway, we've had the text machine flying today, so keep those texts coming through. And then we also spoke about the Heartland Championship. Obviously, Sam Kane making his return via the King Country Rams. We spoke to Jason Kasky. He is the coach for Whanganui Butcher Boys, and he gave us a little insight. He didn't really give too much away, but the boys are excited. He was hoping Dane Coles, Sammy Whitelock could come back and play for Whanganui. Give them a bit of help. But let's be honest, mate. I think you boys will be fine. One man won't define and change a side. But looking for that, how good is it to see Heartland Rugby getting the kudos it deserves? Thanks for listening. We love your support. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Major League Baseball is here. Wild card game, Louie. It is here. It is time. We're going to baseball fans. We are talking to Max Goodman out of the New York. If you've got any questions, make sure you give us a text and double eight double three anything baseball. He knows it, Louis. You want to do yeah. the honors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, mate, because it's a, it's a very special time of year whenever it rolls around to October. Uh, baseball fans, we have a lot of them in New Zealand. So double eight double three, make yourself known. Who's your team through this playoffs? This is the time. And if you've got any questions for our man Max, send them through right now. Double eight double three, and we'll get them to him because it is is he one of the oldest and most famous rivalries in sports. And today the Red Sox from Boston will host the Yankees from New York in the American League Wild Card. 
card game in the MLB where only one team can carry on their playoff dream. Finishing the season with, get this, identical 92 and 70 records, the symmetry of their seasons has to be appreciated. So what better way to do it than to head to th- back to the States this morning. This morning we're catching up with Sports Illustrated's New York Yankees reporter Max Goodman. He's on the line with us. Max, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me, guys. No, no worries. Thanks for making yourself available on a special day when the baseball uh, postseason kicks off. It's um, Is it still American's pastime? Can you call it that? Or is, is pop- popularity waning? Well, it definitely is for me. I mean, baseball has always been my passion and, and my favorite sport to, to follow and now to cover. I think that uh, the NFL football is, is definitely king in, in the United States right now, at least in my opinion. Uh, but I think baseball's still up there. They've got a couple of young and rising stars around the country that might be able to carry us for, for the next generation, you know? Put into context about this rivalry, mate. We've been talking all morning about rivalries, partnerships around the world, some great ones. Talk to us about this rivalry, Red Sox-Yankees. Is it still a big rivalry to this day? Absolutely. I think it's the most storied rivalry in in baseball history, possibly even... In sports history, I think it's up there. I mean, you could consider, you know, some, some boxers that had rivalries over the years and, you know, different soccer or football clubs like a Barcelona or Real Madrid or, or whatever it may be. But, but in the States, it's definitely Yankees-Red Sox. And I, as, as I was growing up in, in New York City, that was the story. These two teams are always neck and neck in the standings. Uh, they, they, the fan bases hate each other. It's always a rambunctious environment at the two different ballparks when they play against each other so as much as maybe the last few years haven't been as infamous in terms of you know brawls on the field and and stars that had rivalries one-on-one against each other I think that this game tonight on on Tuesday here in the states it could kind of reinvigorate that rivalry to an extent because whoever wins has a good shot to to go far in the postseason this year. Hey, that that rivalry and the fan part of it, the fan, the fan aspect of it, Max, you Americans, you guys do that kind of sports hate better than anyone, I reckon. It's not real hate, it's sports hate, and these fan bases love that. So at Fenway Park today, is it going to be sold out? Like, is it going to be um, loud, and do you think the Red Sox will get a bit of a lift because of their home field advantage, or how does that work? I definitely think home field advantage plays a role uh, in, in this game. I was at Fenway Park last week when the Yankees were playing there for a a three-game series, and the Yankees were trying to make the postseason at that point, and they needed to win all of those games, and they ended up sweeping the Red Sox at Fenway. And the environment there was, honestly, it was indescribable. I mean, a sellout crowd, almost 40,000 people, a, a good amount of Yankees fans, but considering where we were with the pandemic and stadiums were empty last season, it was kind of the first taste of, you know, a full crowd being in it in such an important game. And I think that we're going to see that exponentially even more on, on Tuesday night because it's going to be a sellout crowd. Fans are going to be standing up or on the edge of their seat for every single pitch as it is in the postseason where everything matters so much in a, in a game where the, the winner advances and the loser goes home. So I think that can mm. definitely play a role. And whoever gets out in front early in this game because the starting pitchers are, are really good and, and the offenses are both, uh, pretty powerful and talented for both these clubs, they have the advantage too. Maybe the Yankees can silence the crowd by getting out in front early. 
Ooh, so how do you see this game panning out, mate? They're both evenly matched sides throughout the season. Same uh, results, same numbers of, of wins, losses. How do you see this game panning out? And who's going to be the difference? Well, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll tell it from a, from a Yankees perspective because I followed them all season <laughs> long. As much as their record is the yeah. same as the Red Sox, they've had such a streaky season, and they've been so inconsistent in that at one point they won 13 games in a row, but at other points it seems like they, they can't buy a win. They've been losing for, mm. for weeks at a time. So as much as the, the surface-level statistics look pretty similar for these two teams, it's going to come down to, like I said, can the Yankees get out in front early and, and establish some momentum with – the the powerful guys and the stars that they have in that lineup because Nathan Evaldi who's pitching for the Red Sox has had their number in the past he's pitched well against the Yankees mm. so I think that the stars you know Aaron Judge Giancarlo Stanton and then the the two guys that they acquired in the trade deadline several months ago Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo if those four in the middle of the Yankees order can you know, put some runs on the board for the offense and provide Garrett Cole, the Yankees pitcher, with some run support early on. I think they'll be in good shape. This is a really good question here from Jamie Max, who's phoned uh, texted in, asking about the New York sports scene in general. Uh, are the Yankees still like the undoubted team? Because you, know, you hear a lot about the New York Knicks who have had a bit of a lull. Then you think about the Brooklyn Nets, who actually in New Zealand, Sean Marks is the GM of. And then you've got the Mets, right? Uh, what is the picking order? And then with the NFL teams, like where do the Yankees sit in New York's, uh, like the, I guess, the sports scene? That's a great question. I think it it has varied a lot in my lifetime and, and the lifetime of, you know, my dad and, and all these people that have have been sports fans in, in this city and this tri-state area overall. I think right now, you know, when you think of who's the next team that could possibly win a championship, I think it's the, the Yankees and, and the Brooklyn Nets, at least in my opinion. Uh, the Knicks are taking a step forward this year. The Mets didn't make the playoffs, but they, they might have a bright future with some stars on that team as well. And then in the NFL, the, the Jets and Giants look like they're a ways away from contending. You know, the Jets finally got their first win of the season this past weekend. They're playing in London on Sunday. And the Giants as well, I think they just got their first win. Uh, or maybe it was their second win, I'm not sure. But those two teams aren't as competitive in their league. I mean, honestly, the the Buffalo Bills are, are the best football team in New York, and they're not in the city, but they still count as New York, right? So uh, I, I think the Yankees do still count as – as a powerhouse in this state and in this city and in terms of who's who's a fan of theirs and how the media portrays it and celebrities locally and and around the country and the world in terms of you know wearing Yankees apparel and and rooting for them on social media and stuff I think it's still it's still the biggest name in in this uh, market and possibly even in sports who knows somebody's slagging out uh, Cole on our text, text machine here, James. Uh, Cole's been average in September, given up five, three, and seven runs last three starts. So um, is that true? And, and how much did the pitches come into it when you get to October, uh, Max? Does, does that really make the difference if you can get a, a, a hot pitcher? Absolutely. Uh, the The thing about these wildcard games is managers will – make decisions with urgency because there's no tomorrow if you lose the game, right? So if Garrett Cole goes out and he has what a lot of people would call like a clunker, which means he would give up a lot of runs early, then maybe Aaron Boone, the Yankees manager, would take him out and bring in, because the Yankees have, you know, over 10 pitchers on their roster for tonight and everybody's mm-hmm. available to pitch. Right. Um, so as much as Garrett Cole has been 
you know, not too great his last couple of starts, which is true. He has been their ace all year long, and he's making $324 million. He signed a record sure. contract a couple of years ago. Uh, so, this is, yeah. Is that New Zealand this dollars? Or? <laughs> quite a bit of money. How many years yeah. is that? Uh, I think it was for nine years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was a record deal, you know, most, most ever for a starting pitcher, I believe, at the time. And... That's what he's paid for, to go out in a big game against your rival in the postseason and pitch your way to a victory. And so they're counting on him to be the best pitcher in the world, like he like he was paid to be, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I think that they have faith in him to go out there and produce, but if he doesn't, they have a lot of players ready and, and willing to, to help out from the bullpen. Wow. Well, those are some absolute crazy numbers <laughs> that people are getting paid. But I got I was lucky enough to be in Chicago in 2016 in, in the Chicago Cubs. They won the World Series. Anthony Rizzo was a name that came to my mind. Now he's playing for the Yankees. How's he gone uh, in that transition over from the Cubs to the Yankees? Yeah, I, I went to Northwestern, which is just outside of Chicago. So I was there when they won the World Series, too, following that team. Um, but, yeah, Rizzo has been... I guess he hasn't necessarily fulfilled expectations, you know, completely because he is such a superstar and a lot of fans expected him to, to be that good once he got to the Yankees. And he's, he's contributed. He hasn't been bad per se. Uh, but when you look at the advanced statistics, he just hasn't been at the same level of, of Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton and such. But the key with him, and I've, I've said this before in the last couple of days, is he's been in this situation before. And like you mentioned, he helped that Cubs team go and win a World Series, and he has postseason experience in his career over many seasons. So I think that he'll be able to, you know, provide that veteran leadership and that experience in the middle of this lineup. He's so good defensively at first base as well, uh, so Garrett Cole can, and, and the pitchers can count on him when there are balls in the infield throughout the course of the game. And, yeah, I think he might be an X factor for the Yankees because – you know, he's a left-handed hitter in this lineup with a lot of right-handed hitters. And once the Red Sox go to the bullpen, they have a lot of really talented righties in that bullpen. And Rizzo might have a favorable matchup in the final few innings to do some damage and maybe even deliver a game-winning hit. Who knows? Hey, Max, that's um, that Garrett Cole contract. That's $464 million New Zealand dollars over nine years. So that's how much that cash wow. that is. That's, that's, a lot, that's a lot of money. 52. Fifty-two million a year, New Zealand. It's <laughs> sickening. That's about that's a mill a week, and that's fair enough. I mean, he is yeah, he is the ace, and he got the contract. Good on him. Hey, a couple of people asking. We'll get you out on this one. Irrespective of what happens today, that the Sox and Yankees. Who is the clubhouse to watch? Who's the who's the team that could go all the way this year? If you had to tip one out to your New Zealand counterparts, who would it be? You're saying between the Yankees and Red Sox, or just overall? Over overall, league league wide. Leave your heart out of it. That's such a tough question. I mean, there's so many different teams. Um, (laughs) I guess I'll I'll go off of my predictions because I filled out a a playoff bracket yesterday for for how I think the the postseason will go. And I said, as much as I cover the Yankees and I think that they can do some damage too, I think the Tampa Bay Rays are the team that's going to go on and win the World Series coming out of the American League East. They've just been such a thorn in the Yankees' side throughout these last couple of years, and they made the World Series last year. They're just a really talented team, a well-oiled machine in the sense that 
no matter who they put out there on the field, even if it's not superstar caliber players, they always get the job done. And their pitching staff is so deep and talented. And then in the National League, my pick to, to lose in the World Series is the Milwaukee Brewers. They just have a really good mm. starting pitching core. And as we saw a couple years ago with uh, the Washington Nationals in 2019, they were the wild card team coming out of the National League. No one really envisioned that they could go on a run, but they had three really good starting pitchers, and they carried that team all the way to the World Series. And I kind of am predicting that the, the Brewers will have a similar route kind of leaning on, you know, stars like Christian Yelich on offense, but Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, those are their two top starting pitchers, and I think that they can carry that team to the to the finish line as well. But I, I'm picking the Rays to win it all. Oh, you've, that's awesome. There you go. You've been very generous with your time, Max. So $3.50 to win the AL and about $6.50 New Zealand to win the World Series. Max, we really appreciate your time, and You do great work for Sports Illustrated, and we really appreciate it. And um, hopefully we can catch up again sometime soon. Yeah, anytime, guys. Thank you so much for having me. First time calling over Thanks, to, to New Zealand. It was an honor. Yeah, that's cool. all right. Just don't get silly with that conversion rate, all right? You just, just, uh, that's just, don't, don't. He, he can hopefully spare a couple million for us someday. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's right. All right, there you go. Max Goodman is he in. Um, look, I knew there was a baseball community out in, in Aotearoa. I, I said it. I said it. I said unbelievable. That's once today. <laughs> You're all right, man. <laughs> what about this from Lance Papamoa? Yankees suck. Go Braves. Stop <laughs> on. Fair enough, Lance. And Boston first half money line, $2. Let's go. That's from James. There you go. Thank you, Lance and James, for getting in touch. Something there that Max said really interested me. He said the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry might not just be the biggest in baseball, it might be the biggest in world sport, and it goes up there with some of the great, and even in football, the El Clasico. Is he? I think that's a really interesting point. Double A, double three, what are the best rivalries in sport? And do the Yankees and Red Sox, would that kind of come across into your top five? Maybe we'll compile ours, ours after this. Double eight, double three, great rivalries in sport. We'll be back to take a look at some of those after this. We're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. The Butcher Boys from the Whanganui are a famous staple in Heartland Rugby. They've been contenders year in, year out, but on Saturday, they face a challenge they wouldn't have seen before. Ah, easy challenge, easy challenge. All Blacks captain lining up against them. Yes, Sam Kane is a King Country Ram for the weekend as he continues his rehab and will line up against the Butcher Boys on Saturday in Taupo and what will be one of the more special Heartland fixtures for a long time. Jason Kasky is head coach. Well, the Butcher Boys, and he joins us this morning. Good morning, Jason. How you going, Ashley? How are you, mate? I'm going well, mate. I'm going well. How are you going? How's the week been? Oh, yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Uh, exactly the early Christmas present was hoping to get, mate, but uh, never mind. Was, uh, <laughs> hey, mate, he's only, he's only one player. He's got two legs, yeah, two arms, no, mate. You you spoke about uh, that challenge. And the boys pumped. They'll be excited, won't they? Yeah, no, they are. Yeah, it's good. Um, good challenge for them. So, you know, every day, uh, boys at our level get to play against a, uh, a uh, first class player like Sam Kane. So, no, they're excited. So. What's been the conversations this week? What's been the conversations? Like, there's been obviously a lot of chat about King Country and and uh, Sam Kane. They've struggled though. Let's be let's be honest. They've struggled throughout this competition. Um, so, if you you be main focus won't be on just Sam Kane, but the team as a whole. What's been the conversations this week? Uh, to be fair, we um, didn't talk too much about just yet. Uh, 
usually in uh, Heartland levels. We uh, we're, don't get a lot of time to training, so um, Tuesday we usually review our week from you know the game before, and we don't really do too much looking at the opposition until Thursday night. So obviously we've discussed a bit about having to tighten up you know, um, you know, our ball security and our ball care and you know, effectiveness at the breakdown. With the, you know, obviously the same there, it's going to go up another notch here. So yeah, probably uh, one of our big focuses for us. So who's the open side for you boys? They'll be take, uh, you know, backing up against Sammy. They'll be taking on Sammy, Sammy Kane on Saturday. And have you spoken to yep. him about the challenge? And is he pumped? Oh, yeah, and really fucking him at Monday to be uh, Jamie Hughes, is our, our usual seven. Um, so he's uh, not a, not a big man, but he's uh, uh, got a tough skill and he's uh, got a big heart. So no, he'll be pumped, and yeah, he'll be really excited too. Mate, the, uh, Sam Kane aside, like what what does this do for Heartland Rugby? The exposure it's had this week. Um, obviously, when you get a player like Sam Kane, but I spoke about it before. This was the stepping stone for the beast that is the All Blacks. There's been some great All Blacks in the past uh, from around the regions. What does this do for for Heartland Rugby? A game like this with so much um, eyes watching it, so many eyes. Yeah, I think it just heightens the profile a fair bit because obviously the. You know, like you say, the interest this week and um, Harlan doesn't get talked about a hell of a lot and uh, all of a sudden it's in, in the uh, headlines and um, just the opportunities. It's a, it's a pity they didn't chuck a couple of those other boys our way as well, like, you know, Payne Coles and <laughs> Sam Whitelock would have been quite handy. So. <laughs> it would have been, that would have been a real spectacle, Jason. What, what about your, oh, yeah. your, yourself? What's your what's your background with the, the heartland and the scene and when did you kind of get involved with it? And Whanganui, I know, is a, like the town and then the region absolutely loves the Butcher Boys, right? So how big is it and, and what's your personal involvement with the team? Yeah, I started with uh, Long Road, I think, in 2006, 2007, so I've been there for wow. yeah, quite a while. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great team to be involved with, a great team to coach. Um, and it was a lot of fun for the rugby and uh, very attacking. Um, not the biggest, never the biggest team around, but uh, we like losing the ball. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a, a privilege to be involved with Long Road. So. Hey, mate, um Funny wee story, actually. I, I used to live up the Waitotara Valley, and I went to, I lived in oh, Namatapuri. Yeah, I used to live in Namatapuri when I was young. I went to Namatapuri uh, Primary. Is anyone in the team from up those ways? Yeah, we've got, we've got um, the two boys that played for Namatapuri now because they, they come back into the club, uh, club rugby fold about five years ago, so they've been uh, you know, back in the club rugby scene. So. All beekeepers, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a main industry up there, Valley now, Oh, it's the middle of nowhere. I was a young fella. I was only four or five years old. I can't really remember yeah. it, but it was the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's, uh, it's interesting here, but you know, there's at least several boys from up the valley, so. No. Oh, nice, mate. Oh, nice. Um, oh, another question here. Sorry. Uh, what about Craig Clear? Craig Clear, he's played for you. He's playing for you at the moment, and I uh, played against Craig a few times. He's played for the Highlanders. What has he done for the for the province, mate? Has he brought a lot of giving back to the younger generation? Yeah, yeah, no, he's been really good. Um, we just sort of keep squeezing another year out of the old fella. He um, comes around and he's talking about <laughs> retirement, but we've been lucky to keep pushing him for about the last three years. So, uh, no, he's massive for us. Um, lots of, you know, just you know, lots of knowledge sharing, um, 
really good for the young guys and he's still still down pretty well actually to give him his credit so still playing well. Awesome, Jason. Nice. It's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a cool weekend. I know you you probably just want to get to Thursday and get to the game and let you guys go, and it will be business as usual a little bit. But there's a lot of um, eyes on the eyes on the Heartland Championship, and I think I agree with you. It's a really good thing, mate. Give the competition some exposure. So all the best, go well. I'm sure Nigel Yolden and all your uh, fans will be up and about and very excited. So um, we'll catch up again at some stage, and I hope you guys have a really a really successful rest mate, of the I'll, season. I'll come no, join you, mate. I've got so. one leg. Will that be Appreciate all right? I've got one leg. I'll come give you a hand. <laughs> that, that'll be enough, mate. That'll be enough. Uh, good name, mate. Thanks very much. See you, Jason. Awesome. <laughs> the, the Butcher Boys are up against it. they got the All Blacks captain, and they've got an undersized, uh, an undersized open side. But I feel like every club rugby has the undersized open side. The guy that just mm. can tackle, never misses a tackle, who loves getting the head over the pill and just gets thrown around. That's so classic grassroots rugby, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And he was talking about, mate, they're playing King Country. They've they've lost by 50 points the last couple. So, um, look, it's it's going to be a great game. And um, I'll just, like, rugby aside, just a great opportunity for these younger players and, and the fans and Topol to go around. So, you know, obviously they can't go see him, but stand outside and watch from afar and, and get a great view of um, Sammy Kane up against Whanganui. Cause, and they're a squally side, mate. They're going to they're gonna put them under a lot of pressure and it'll be a perfect game building towards when he goes to Washington. So looking forward to it. Beautiful stuff. All right, well, we've got a text here from Jeff we'll get to after this, looking at sporting rivalries. Keep your text coming through on double eight double three, or give us a call, 0800-150-811. We would love to hear from you. Go on the Heartland Championship. We're loving it at SCNZ, and why wouldn't you? Back after this. Tyson Fury does battle this weekend. He takes on Deontay Wilder, and someone that knows that's been in his corner for a very long time. Past four fights will also be in his corner this weekend is Taylor Barry. So we're going to join him a bit later on. Then after that, we're going to cross over and hopefully, hopefully we're going to get Danielle Johnson landing in the show. Danielle Johnson's riding today in Toport. If we get her, that'll be cracking. She's going to be great fun. But anyway, um, we've had a great hour. If you missed anything, make sure you download the app, SCNZ app. Go to all things Baz and Izzy for breakfast and you'll catch up. We caught up with Jason Kasky. He is the coach of the uh, Whanganui Butcher Boys team. He was pretty, pretty shy, pretty calm, didn't really give too much away, but he's excited about the challenge that Sam Kane will be bringing. We also had Max Goodman talking all things baseball, Red Sox versus Yankees over in Australia. And uh, we've got some good text messages coming through. But anyway, talk enough of that. We're going to talk boxing. We're going to talk boxing. This Sunday, New Zealand time, boxing fans will see the trilogy of fights between Tyson Fury and... And Deontay Wilder completed after a long layoff, which is seeing court injunctions, a new heavyweight champion of the world being crowned, and plenty, plenty smack talk. If the third installment in Vegas is anything like the previous two, we'll be in for fireworks again. And one man who will be of the best view in the house is Kiwi boxing coach Taylor Barry, who has been in Fury's Corner and will be in the, again this weekend. Taylor's with us now. How are you, Taylor? What's up, Izzy? <laughs> How you doing, brother? I'm good, mate. How's everything around? Oh. Yeah, good, man. Good, man. New Zealand's yeah, it's pretty cold outside. Not, not. I'd rather be in Vegas, mate. Let's be honest. I'd rather be in Vegas. How's Vegas going at the moment? Mate, everything's good. You know, we're um, we're out of lockdown. Life's pretty normal. Full capacity crowds, no face masks. So, yeah, it's 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 good to have some kind of normality again. 
Nice, mate. Nice. Um, well, let's talk about this. You've been with Tyson Fury. I've been following you, you know, seeing the stories on Instagram. How's his preparations mm-hmm. been, bud? Mate, really good, actually. You know, um, obviously, you know, co- he caught COVID back in the beginning of mm. July, just before, you know, the previous fight. And, you know, we, we had done eight weeks training in Vegas. So, you know, he, he's very, very fit. You know, even with the delay, we, you know, we stayed focused and he's on track. Yeah. He's, he's there to have a really good performance. And how, look, he, he's fo- focused on Deontay Wilder, let's be honest, but... The, the the shock, you know, was it a shock? Was it a shock initially when AJ lost, mate? And, and what was the reactions from, from Tyson uh, after that? Well, you know what? We we had talked about the fight, you know, on the Friday. And mm. Between, uh, you know, it's it's one of them things, you know. I, I thought Joshua mm. would lose with a style of Usyk. You know, I think yeah. so did Tyson. So I think he knew to yeah. prepare for a loss because, you know, it's heavyweight boxing. Anything can happen at any moment. So... You know, mm. he wasn't a very happy man on Monday, you know, missing a $100 million payday, <laughs> but hey, it is what it is, it's boxing. <laughs> oh, nice, man. Oh, let's go back to Wilder and, and this much-anticipated match. There's been a lot of chat off the court and off the, off the outside the ring, I must say. Um, you know, heading into this week, how do you see it panning out, bud? Well, you know, Deontay doesn't get the respect he probably deserves, you know, he's if not the biggest punch of boxing has ever seen, you know, so anything yeah. could happen at any moment. If he hits Tyson clean, who knows? But, you know, what I've seen in the gym of Tyson, we've brought in really, really high, high level sparring. You know, he's, mm. he's very focused. I, I don't see it playing out any different from the last fight. You know, if not, it could, it could, you know, it could be earlier. Nice. Nice. And what about you? What, what, what do you enjoy being in? You've been in the corner of many great boxing uh, you know, heavyweight fighters around the world. What are you enjoying about being with Tyson, mate? And what's what's his point of difference? You know, it's just how, you know, that the vibe around Tyson. You know, he likes to. He's taught me a lot about it in camps and stuff. You know, boxing is quite a serious sport, but you know, he, yeah. he brings a different kind of energy and vibe in the gym, and it's something that I'm gonna kind of take from him and you know start putting it around my fighters and and that I, it's it's good fun. It makes boxing fun. Nice. Uh, mate, I've got to ask you about this boxing uh, boxing world that we're living in at the moment uh, with the Paul brothers, with the Paul brothers, and, you know, they're going out and making money. What's your view on, on these charity fights, bud? Like, I've been a bit at crossroads with it. I'm a bit unsure, you know? Like, is it is it putting a dent on the on the sport of boxing, or do you see it as a positive? Mate, I, you know, you can look at it both ways. I feel like the older generation, you know, like the boxing OGs, like my father, yeah. you know, they probably look yeah. at it and see it as like a disrespect to the sport. But I feel like it brings a lot of new viewership to our sport as well as, you know, it's good on them. You know, they're going in making, you know, millions of dollars, bringing a lot of attention to, yeah. bo- to boxing. And, you know, I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. You have to give anyone respect that gets in. You know, that's, that's a very yeah. hard sport to get in and kind of do that. You know, you have to give these kids respect. Yeah, hey, yeah, for sure, but you Taylor, don't see me in there. <laughs> no, neither. <It's laughs> Taylor is Louis here, man. Hey, thanks for taking a call and taking some time. I'm curious. Tyson is uh, like he's Tyson Fury is one of the most interesting guys. I reckon athletes world over, and you get a little bit of a look at him. It, hey, does he reference the, his battles in the gym and in camp? Like, how open is it when he's kind of in camp and preparing for a fight about what's happened previously in his personal life and the way he kind of looks at boxing now? Because I know he talks about a lot of the stuff when he's interviewed 
interviewed, but does he really live his life and express this stuff? You know what, Tyson, you know, he doesn't really revert back to his previous history of what he's done and what he's gone through, you know, because he's kind of in a in a new journey of his life. Like, he's been depression and he's, you know, mm. been everything that he's gone through. You know, he, I think it's something that you leave behind as well as you try and help the people in these times kind of guide them through it. And I know there's, you know, a lot of world-class athletes, a lot of NFL players that I have that have battled the same kind of things that have come up to me and just kind of told me that Tyson's helped them just by, you know, his motivation, the way he speaks and gives back to like that kind of community. And so it's yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He lives in the moment. He speaks about that, right? He kind of like he, he's got a very bizarre, well, not a bizarre, but a unique outlook on time and what like his existence in kind of, you know, what he's doing in time. And I've heard him talk about it before, and it is really fascinating. Hey, what fight do you think makes the most sense for the heavyweight division next then? Like knowing that the, the, the big payday Tyson's not going to get it. What do you think personally makes the most sense for the division? Man, you know, it's really, really hard, but, you know, I hate, you know, I think the next big fight out there for him is, is if if Dillian White gets through Ottawa Lynn on October 30, I think that's a big fight in the UK, the interim champ versus the regular champ, you know, as well as I think Dillian White deserves deserves a shot, you know, he had a good fight with AJ, he's been Parker, yeah. he's been Povetkin and all these elite guys, and I think he's next in line. Nice, bro. Nice. Okay, what does this do for Joe, bro? What does this do for Joe? Does it with Usyk getting the the win over AJ? Does that bring Joe back into contention to potentially get another shot? Um, you know, it's hard to say. Obviously, Usyk now the unified heavyweight champ. He's gonna yeah. he's gonna get his rematch with uh with Joshua. So that will probably be yeah. before May next year. And then you know you see Joseph at number two, and then Joe Joyce at number one now. So you know, he he'll probably have to fight a title eliminator versus you know a very dangerous opponent over in the UK, and then you know if he gets through that, then definitely he'll definitely be there for a world title shot. Nice man. Well, just to finish, man, I know you've been training Steve Aoki. Is he going to be playing uh, <laughs> post post the fight at, with after Fury? You got a little front row seat to Steve Aoki and the cake man. <laughs> He's actually doing Titans after party on Saturday, and then the. the yeah, on Sunday, so yeah, it'll be good fun. <laughs> oh, man, you lucky fella, man. I'm sick of watching you on the screen hanging out with these big dogs. Big dogs. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, just before we let go, we've we've talked about rivalries in sport, mate. If off the top of your head, which who is the which is the biggest rivalry in sport, boxing or any sport? What comes to mind for you? You know, it's hard to say in boxing because you get some kind of rivalries, but I don't. I think you know, there's some football rivalries that are quite big over here. That you know, the viewership's crazy. Like obviously, the big rivalry between Tampa Bay and New England now is a big thing. So. Mm. Yeah. What about your Raiders, so, bro? They're going good, three and one. <laughs> yeah, no, three and one. You know, we got beat last night, but now they're going really well. You know, it's, it's good to see a lot of the guys. I have about twenty of them, so it's good to see all the boys out there doing their thing and. And doing well. Nice, man. Nice. Hey, uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Taylor Barry here is in the corner for Tyson Fury. I'm back in Tyson all the way, mate. So thanks so much for joining us. I uh, really appreciate your time. Taylor Barry. Appreciate it, Izzy. Awesome, brother. Thank you. There you go.
it's um it's so cool to hear a young Kiwi. So obviously Taylor is Kevin's son, and he's over there training. So does he actually train the NFL players as well? Is he? So he's got his gym. Yeah, has... so he's training a lot of the. Yeah, he's got he's got his own little gym, and he's training a lot of the NFL players. Um, he does a lot of boxing fitness for them, and getting them in there, and that's why he's he's had Steve Aoki. If you don't know Steve Aoki, he's a big DJ around the world. He's a guy that on stage chucks cakes into the crowd and. He's a bit of a, it's it's a Vegas thing. It's a Vegas thing. Cakes um, like um, yeah, he, like like birthday cakes. Yeah, like big birthday like full icing cakes. He just throws them into the crowd and people are like yeah. It's, there you go. You go Google it. Steve Aoki. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Aoki in Vegas. Uh, okay. But um. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta live. Been to Vegas. I haven't been to Vegas, mate. It's on the bucket oh. list, but I don't know whether how well I'd go in Vegas. So I just knowing my um my flaws. Can I, Izzy? Can oh. I? Can I? Can I play you something? I found a little bit of audio from Tyson Fury, and because you hear, um, you know, you hear these guys talk about the way Tyson acts and his kind of existence in the moment in time. And he's a super mm. interesting guy. Have a listen to this about what he would be doing after boxing and life without boxing. After boxing, I'm going to be a very, very lonely, sad person. I think. I've tried. I've tried everything. I've tried the animals. I've tried uh, four-wheel driving. I got a shotgun license. I tried clay pigeon shooting. I've done all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and no, nothing nothing turned me on. The only thing that I'm attracted to is this horrible game that I'm involved in. I've been out. I've drunk all the beer in the world. I've done everything that's out there to do. I've been on boats, planes, and automobiles. I've stayed in lovely hotels. I've done everything. I've had dinners for two, three grand at a time. Does it make me happy? No. It's a little bit of a bleak outlook, but it's kind of like he is he is indebted and he is married to the sport of boxing and nothing else. Like he he genuinely thinks he's born put on this earth to box. Oh, yeah, that's fascinating. Um, yeah, well, he's he's been open about his own his own struggles, and I love it. I love it how open he is about it, and he's come a long way since those days. So. Um, Oh, it's good. It just shows that you don't need all the money in the world and you don't need all these flashy things, boats, all those flash dinners, uh, you know, cars, planes, whatever, to be happy. And boxing makes his hap- makes him happy. I know from following, I don't know from Bar Soap, from following him on Instagram, I know his family. He's very passionate about his family, his kids. They are a big, big part of his life. His, his brother, um, oh, I forgot his name. Huey? Fury, Tommy Fury. Tommy. Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury and um, yeah, he's an up and coming boxer. So just yeah, just from following him, I know family's a huge part. So post this, I think he's just going to spend time with his family and watch his kids grow up because that is a big part. You you're so indebted to sport. You're so um, you make so many sacrifices, and one of those sacrifices is your family to sport. And I think post it, he's just going to spend time with his kids and watch them grow and, and support them. And uh, I'll just yeah look forward to watching their journey. Yep, bang on, mate. And that that bit of audio there was from the BBC Five Light, uh, the pop, the boxing podcast. And he actually goes on and talk. He does talk about his family, and he says he doesn't need the lavish life, fifty million dollars, a hundred million dollars. Although Taylor said he was a bit grumpy, he said it doesn't matter to him because he lives a life that doesn't need a lot of luxury. Um, he just wants to box and carry on. So there you go. That's Tyson Fury, and it was t- uh, Taylor Barry talking about being in Tyson Fury's corner, which for a young Kiwi dude, I think is is really really quite. Incredible. Incredible, is he? And um, the the Silver Ferns side has or squad has been named for the Cadbury Netball series that they're going up against the New Zealand men, the Aotearoa men, and that side's been named. I'll just quickly um have a look and see who's back. Well, it's Sulu Fitzpatrick is missing from the side, so she's going to remain in Auckland. 
Um, but we've got Captain Gina Crampton back. So it's good to see her back after nice. suffering a, a side strain. So there you go. There's a couple of names back in that, and you can go find that whole squad online. Um, that'll be an interesting series with the men stepping in instead of the Constellation Cup. I'm pretty sure that was meant to go on. Plenty of texts there about greatest rivalries in sport. Paul Moate on the other side. He'll no doubt have another suggestion as well. We're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Back after this. Plenty going on in the world of sport. And as I open my TAB account, well, it's looking pretty grim. So that's all right. That probably represents... No, actually, it wasn't that bad of a weekend. Maybe I just got a bit trigger happy on Sunday, get a bit itchy on Sundays. But today, Topor is running, so we've got some nice horses, and the tracks are drying out. It's a bit better to punt at this time of year. Leading trainer down there who's got a nice team in today is Stephen Marsh. Morning to you, Marshy. Morning. How are we doing? Yeah, good, mate. How are you doing? The tracks are starting to dry out. Is it a bit better of time to send your teams to try and get some prize money? Yeah, look, we're, um, it's just a shame they got a bit of rain yesterday, so the tracks sort of gone back to that slow eight. But a lot of them just need to kick off and really get underway, so it might not suit a few of them, but uh, yeah, it's more about getting underway, to be honest. Yeah, so that's kind of that niggly time of year where you, there's not too many options if it keeps raining, right? So you, you can put keep them back, hold them back a week or two, but if it keeps raining, you just have to start. Get on the uh, get on the road, that's for sure. At least, yeah, a slow eight probably uh, hopefully draws to a seven, maybe, and uh, yeah, it certainly won't bottom them out. It's not like a it's not like a winter week anyway, that's for sure. Yeah, that's good. How's morale down there, mate? You usually got a good pulse of the nation down there of the Equine Nation. We've got our frequency 9.54am up in the Waikato now. Obviously, people ward will be listening to SCNZ, but how is morale down there as the spring is underway? Yeah, look, everything's, everything's good. You know, like prize money's gone up a bit. The weather's starting to improve. Everything's uh, Everyone's just, you know, looking forward to those good tracks. And no, I think everyone's pretty upbeat and pretty happy about things. Well, Steve, mate, I love a wee tip. Well, how do we look? He's the man. He's the man. Jockey by Michael McNabb. It's three one one fresh. It loves a slow track. It's paying seven bucks, and that is just juicy odds. And I love a juicy odd. How's that going to go today? Yes, he loves the track, and as you say, got the right draw. Uh, he's going really well. He's better at fourteen hundred, but uh, you know, slow track. Well, he's got a few things uh, in his favour. You know, down to a ten horse field, he should be right there about for sure. Yep. Probably nicely trained. Nice. Awesome, awesome. Okay, what's your... I'd love a tip. I just love a tip. So what's your best tip today? <laughs> Give me something. I need a, I need a winner. Well, I'll tell you what. If the track's still all right by race six and the insides are right, I thought Sophistical was very hard to beat. My only concern is the okay. barrier one late in the day. Um, just got some really nice sort of chances all around. You know, like Bugatti's trolled up super... Divine Savas going great. Um, La Bella Beals. You know, like we've got just nice, just good runners all day. Um, mm. I thought maybe that sophistical with the track was all right might have been the best of them. Yeah, it looks, okay. looks, it looks nice, doesn't it? So it's had a bit of a break now. What, she's four now, the mare, and, um, yeah, good jockey up. Good barrier, as you say. We just hope it doesn't get cut up too much, Marshy. In the first, we said Paul Moadia from the TAB, and he made the poignant point that one's taking a bit of cash in the first. It's the go racing Margaret Jean. It's a wider barrier, second up, but nines into sixes. Is that the syndicate getting a bit happy? Yeah, I think that's what happens when you've got big syndicates. They all have, um, you know, 50-odd each way, and it looks like there's been some massive money, but probably just more loyal support from the syndicate. She is going good. I thought her first up run was real good at Taupo. Um, 
sort of wanted to run her over a mile, but lack of options for a close draw. So I've given her a trial in between, and oh, I think luck and yeah, she's into barrier twelve now. I think luck in the running, she should be a real chance. So you're saying bet with the head, not the heart. <laughs> well, still got to be a nice each way, you know, in a pretty open sort of a field. Yeah, I don't know which way, bet head or heart. Poorly anyway. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really doesn't doesn't often matter when the results the same. <laughs> Marshy, that's what kind of gets what gets you a bit frustrated. Hey, it's um do you have anything heading down to the have you got anything exciting or how much of a part do you think you guys are gonna play in the Christchurch Carnival this year? That's not far away. Um Cup Week down there, we love it, and you've usually, you know, supported the South quite often with decent teams down there. How much do you have down there and are you excited for that to get underway? Yeah, we've got some nice uh, nice horses already down there. Um, we've sent Lincoln King down. Um, yeah, we've got the old Faithfuls down there, you know, the old Recantos and whatnot. Deal's done, it's going really good. Um, you know, the likes of new horses of the stable, Monza Sakito, she ran third the other day, fresh up. Um, she's going along really good. Probably, the you know, the ones I'm looking forward to getting down there, like Horde the Bourbon, he was very unlucky the other day yeah. at Hawks um, Bay. He's going great. I think he's a. I think he's a solid chance in the 2000 guineas. I really like that horse. Um, and maybe the odd other one that uh, hopes to hit up and goes down for a look. But um, yeah, I think he's the main one sort of going down that uh, I'm really excited about. Yeah, he was eye-catching, mate. That's a great point. So I appreciate you giving us that little lead in there. The 2000 guineas hauled the bourbon, a nice chance. Hey, uh, Marshy, go well today. Enjoy it, mate. And we'll just continue to watch these drying tracks in the uh, Marsh Stable Unleash, mate. Go well. Absolutely. Cheers, Cheers, man. Thank you. No worries. He's a good man, Stephen Marsh. He doesn't mind tipping us into one. And Sophistical in race six. It's taken the cash as long as the inside. So what he means by that is early doors, if the tracks are wet, you know, they stick to the rail and they can chop the inside of the track up. But if it's looking okay and you can tell that the horses are still travelling around on the inside, Sophistical from Barrier 1, race six, $3.30 now. But I'd take a little bit of that because I continue. I reckon the money will continue to come Izzy there you go you wanted a tip you got one I got one and I got one I'm going to put that into a wee multi I think little top up nothing too serious I said I wasn't going to punt this week but I have to now (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but we always do gamble responsibly Um, visit tab.co.nz yeah always R18 of course